Suns. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. leader. Coming off the court, you hear it straight from a Suns player with Burns and Gambo. Brought to you by America Roofing, Arizona's number one roofer online at americaroofingco.com. For a free estimate or 10% off any roof repair, that's americaroofingco.com. Three o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo show on this Tuesday afternoon. Tomorrow, the Phoenix Suns taking on the Charlotte Hornets. And yes, with that five o'clock tip time, you will hear the game right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, the Kevin Durant debut heard tomorrow on our airwaves. So we'll be cut short a little bit tomorrow, but that'll be just fine. We'll be more than happy to bring that to you so you can hear it. Tell you somebody else is very happy right now, as he should be. Not only did the contract get converted, but he got a nice little bump because of it. Joining us right now for our off-the-court segment. It's always a pleasure to welcome back on the show our good buddy, Ish Wainwright, who joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Ish, welcome back. Thank you for carving out a few minutes for us. We appreciate it. No problem. I feel like a, a co-host right now. I've been on this one a lot. I know. I know. We might have to start paying you to do it to come on right here. You know, yeah, the, yeah, let me know. Let me know. I the, can do this on the, you know, off days and stuff like that. Yeah. Listen, maybe when the career's no, over, you know, when the career's over, you, you might have a, a chance to do this full-time for a living. It's not a bad I'm, gig. I'm, I'm with it. Yeah. It's not a bad one. You get to talk. You get to talk and have fun and talk to the players and everything. I am with it. Not so bad. Yeah, you've been good at it. I think we, we I think we can start working on that. Hey, listen, I got to be honest with you because we, you know, we root for you. We like you. We want you to do well. We were sweating it. Like we were sweating that out for, you know, for a week or so. Just every time we saw a name in the buyout market, like, oh my God, is that guy going to take issue spot? And another guy is that going to? Oh, I hope they don't get that guy. It's like, you know, we did you know that you were going to have your contract converted? Did you or or were you sweating it out just like we were? Uh, I think I was sweating out just like you are because you know you you, you getting you you see all the things you hear all the things to buy out you got guys like Carmelo Anthony Will Barton guys like that Derrick Rose I mean it's hard not to miss it um, this is like it's my second year so you know we want to win Mont wants to win James wants to win and I call him Ish, Ish wants to win also so um, I mean like I like I said a long time ago I put it in God's hands uh, I worked my butt off to get to this position so um, I just put it in his hands and. He did. I think honestly, and and don't think we're going to get out of this issue without talking about getting physically ill over this thing because we're going to ask you about that in a minute. I got to I got to hear that story. Oh, yeah, heard about that? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, we heard about that. Oh yeah, we heard about. It. I'll ask you about that in a second. But I'm looking at a, at a picture right now of you on Twitter, and you're literally signing your contract up against the stanchion underneath the basket. And I think that's seriously one of the coolest pictures I've ever seen. They they handed you the contract on the court before the game. Here, sign this. Right now, and you're you're signing it on the stanchion under the basket. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> so 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 uh, they actually asked if I wanted to go to a table or anything and sign it, but I was literally like in the middle of my workout. Um, I prepared <laughs> the whole entire day like I was going to play. Um, and so when I was on the court, I was about three games workout, and they came up to me and I looked at them and I just said, "I'm just going to sign it right here. Is that all right?" <laughs> so, <laughs> so I literally signed. I literally signed. I signed. Uh, turned around and seen CT working out, and I kissed the paper, and next thing you know, everybody clapping. But I went right back to my workout and yeah. just prepare for the game. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was, you know, I was, I was on your side when that Kevin Love came up, and everybody was talking about. It. I said, "Listen, I'd rather." have Ish than Kevin Love. I'm being honest. I would rather have Ish. I appreciate that. Yeah, and listen, everybody, Kevin Love. Yeah, just remember that. You remember that. Everybody
everybody wanted Kevin Love, oh, big name. Kevin, like, I'd, listen, I don't think Kevin Love can play that much anymore. He's slow. He can't defend. I mean, <laughs> I'd rather have Ish. I mean, I know it's, you know, but that's what people were comparing. Every time a name came on the market, whether it was Pat Babb or Kevin Love or, um, you know, Holiday or Danny Green or Reggie, every time a name came out, it was like, it was compared. Who would you rather have? Ish or that guy? Ish or that guy? And in the end, they ended up, they did end up getting Terrence Ross, but they ended up converting you. When, when did you find out that it was going to be converted? At what time? Well, well, first, I'm just going to say, it's a lot of respect to those guys that, that you know, I was being compared to. Um, there's no comparison. Those guys are legends in my eyes. I watched, I watched every last one of those guys that name came up. I watched those guys, you know, as I grew up playing the game. Um, but I didn't know until... Um, so literally, like I said, I, I, I prepared the whole entire day like I was getting ready to play. So I woke up in the morning, went to my, went to workouts. We didn't have shoot around, went to workouts. Right before I got on the court, I got a phone call from my agent and said, Hey, we're on the phone with, we're on the phone with everyone and we're, we're, you know, it looks like it's a, a go, but we don't know yet. We're going to work on this year and whatever else is going to come up. And so we'll call you back. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I jumped on the court, worked out. Um, after my workout, I literally went to go eat at Sugar Jam with my brother just to clear my mind and, you know, listen to some good music. Just That's on game day. So I went to Sugar Jam, listened to good music, ate my food, and went back to the house and took a nap. When I woke up from my nap, I always had music playing. So everyone that knows me, I love music. I love R&B. I always had music. My brother was in there with some music. And I got a text message from Mont. Congratulations with a fist. Nice. That right there was like, hold on. What you mean? Like in my mind, I'm like, what you mean? Congratulations! But I was already excited because I just woke up in a good. I did I was. I woke up excited. He texted me. Um, I posted something on Instagram, and you can see my feet turn. Like, like I was getting ready. To, once I got done posting it, I ran to the restroom and threw up. My brother came in running in, like, hey, what's going on? I said, I just signed. <laughs> And I just started throwing up even more. Uh, we prayed, and I got to the, I got to the arena, and it was just like a, a breath of fresh air, like a you know a sense of all right, I, I got it. Let's go. Let's work even harder. Um, but the feeling, the feeling is unreal. Like to know that just to know that they want you on the roster. Um, out of all those big names, out of all those guys that are you know out there on the buyout market. Um, to know that they wanted you on this roster, the last roster spot, I mean, it shows a lot. I'm not going to stop working, and then I, um, I'm going to keep working. <laughs> yeah, Ish Wainwright, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Ish, I'm going to ask you the question that, that I, I think all of the Valley wants to know. Do you often throw up when you get good news? I mean, is that your normal, no. typical kind of reaction no, I, to getting good news? No, no. I was. Just, I, I don't think I, I haven't threw up in, in a long time. So. <laughs> Somebody was probably I mean, journey, I was a nervous man. right there. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you had butterflies <laughs> going in. All right, so so Ish Wainwright, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show. The, the, the question now, we couldn't help but notice in looking at minutes off the bench against Milwaukee, and I know it's going to be a game-by-game thing, and it's going to be different, but you got more minutes than anybody else did off the bench. Do you have any idea how this is going to work for you when Kevin makes his debut tomorrow in terms of your playing time, how often you're in there? Have you got any kind of indication as as to what this means for you now? <laughs> no, I'm just gonna be prepared just for whatever. Um, once I hear ish, I mean it's time to go. Um, if I don't hear my name, then I'll be ready for the next game. If I don't hear my name the next game, I'll be ready. I'll be ready no matter what. Um, and I'm just gonna continue to work my butt off, um, be prepared because I know how teams are gonna play. Book, KD, DA, CP. I know how teams are gonna play them, so I'm just gonna be prepared to knock it down, rebound, and. 
take some pressure off those guys. What is going to be the biggest adjustment over these next 20 games trying to incorporate Kevin Durant into this lineup? I think it's already adjusted. I mean, we, I mean, we're not perfect. We're not a perfect team. We're still going to adjust uh, game by game, but sooner or later, we'll be we'll be locked in. Um, everybody be adjusted to this four monsters, five monsters on the court at a time. So, you know, now it's just time for us to play. Our, time for us to play our game. How much? Uh, how much presence does he command when he came to the team? Being one of the being one of the greatest players that's ever played this game. When you know, we heard DeAndre go, "Ain't that something?" When they got him, but you know, being there and practicing with him and being on the court, how much presence does Kevin Durant command? All eyes is going to be on him, but it's not just it's not just KD. It's, it's also Book, also uh, CP, and then also you got DA. It's that fifth person just has to be ready to step up to that match. And I'm pretty sure everybody on the, everybody on the squad is ready to do whatever it takes to step up. But he is going to have all eyes on him all over the world. So it's basketball. Uh, this, he was born to do this. He had, he's one of the greatest players to ever do it. So he's going to do what he do. <laughs> Yeah, last one for me. When when you you look at that game against Milwaukee, no Giannis, no KD comes down to a Drew Holiday stripping book of the ball, and then even at the end, you guys had a chance when Book put up the three and got fouled. It didn't go in. But did you feel a playoff atmosphere in that basketball game? Oh, it's going to be a playoff atmosphere every time um, we step on the court. That's who we are. We're a playoff team, and we believe in each other, and we believe that we are a playoff team, and we are you know, going to do what we have to do to accomplish our end goal. Well, Ish, uh, the Burns and Ish show. Well, there it is right there. Uh, Gambo and Ish, you forgot. <laughs> well, no, G- Gambo's under this idea that he's going to retire a few years from now. So, no, so he's apparently not he's, he's not yeah, retiring. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I, I really don't think this retirement thing is actually going to happen in a few years. But in case it does, Ish, I've been thoroughly impressed with your work on the air. And it might be the Burns and Ish show. We might make that happen. <laughs> Because <laughs> look, I know from your time with the Buffalo Bills, you can talk a little football too. So I, I, I think you're nah, no more, no more football talk, no more football talk. <laughs> That's good stuff. Hey, Ish, congratulations on the contract. We're really happy for you. Best of luck the rest of the season. And uh, I say this with all confidence. We'll talk to you really soon, Ish. I'm sure we will. Yes, I'll talk. I'll talk to you in a few days. <laughs> all right, Ish. That's good. Ish, <laughs> I like that guy. He, he gets he gets better and better every time we have him he, on. He That's does. great. He's, he does such a tremendous job with he, us. He's, he's comfortable with us. He is very comfortable, no he's doubt about it. throwing up all over the place when he <laughs> found out he got the deal. He went and threw up. <laughs> when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Phoenix Suns made the blockbuster trade. They still need to win it all. How often does it work out for teams like the Phoenix Suns? Some good stuff. We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. <laughs> this game started at what, 110? Right? And the games are kind of about 22, 23 minutes Ooh. off of each game. Ian McCabe talked about it yesterday. Yeah, that's. With this whole pitch count thing. You just, well, we're looking at this pitch count right now. The numbers going to. They're playing at a much faster pace. I will say, you know, seeing it in person, 
You know, here at the spring training game, it's a lot different. Seeing it in person and just how quickly these pitchers are getting rid of the ball and the batters have to be ready. I, I do think people will like it and enjoy it's it. It's over. <laughs> Go home. Not quite, but we're in the eighth right now, and the game is two hours and ten minutes old. You'll be able to pull into the pull into the garage at the stadium and just keep your car running because you'll be out before, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I figured you and K-Mac probably talked about it a lot yesterday. Talked a lot about it, And yeah. a lot of people around baseball are talking about it because it really is trimming these game times up big time. I think they've lopped off on average 20, 30 minutes per game. So, um, Kevin Durant, if you haven't heard, making his uh, – if you haven't heard <laughs> – Making his debut tomorrow with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, maybe you haven't heard this. That game initially was scheduled to be on 6.20 a.m. tomorrow. We'll have it right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, tomorrow at 5 o'clock. It means a shorter show for us. We'll be off the air at 4.30. But that way you can hear, you know, if you're driving home from work, Kevin Durant's debut with the Suns for yourself tomorrow against the Charlotte Hornets. Does he score the first basket of the game for the Suns, yes or no? <laughs> no, DeAndre Ayton does. DeAndre Ayton. I'll take the, I'll take whatever whatever odds I can get on the first basket being scored by DeAndre Ayton. I'll take DeAndre Ayton. I think he's just going to get the most wide open look ever for the first shot. Do you think he scores the first basket? Yes. Okay, you do. Okay, I do. I don't okay. know what the odds are, but I think I don't know either. They're probably not great, but um, StatMuse tweeted this out. Durant in his first game as a Sonic, which is weird to think, but true. 18 points, 5 rebounds, 3 steals. Okay. As a Warrior, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 2 steals. Okay. As a Net, 22 points, 5 rebounds, 3 steals. How many for Kevin Durant in his son's debut tomorrow? I think coming. I don't think there's going to be a lot because I think coming off the injury, they're not going to play him a whole lot of minutes. I agree, and I wouldn't be surprised honestly if he doesn't play Friday against Chicago. I wouldn't be surprised if that, like they did with Book, yeah, like they did with Cam Johnson, take play a recovery day, take a day just to be sure. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he doesn't play Friday. That's the next game on the over or under twenty for Durant points okay, tomorrow. Day. Yeah, I'll take the over on that. I would take the over. I just wonder how many minutes he's going to play. I bet. It would, I think they're going to. I mean, he hasn't played in since you know early January. Early January. I would. I would say under can you, can fifteen I, to twenty points. Can I do the thing? Yeah, the over under thing. Yeah, okay, I'm going to put minutes at twenty eight and a half, and I'm going to put points at twenty two and a half. I'll take the under on both. Okay, just because I do think you've got. You, you got to gradually bring him in. I, you know, I mean, I think you're gonna take. A, I mean, he's coming off of an MCL. It's a knee injury. Yeah, it's a knee injury. Yeah, it's it's legit. It's serious. You might have him play five minutes and then take him out and then come back and play, you know, five or six minutes and then take him out. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, they got to they got to manage that. I don't I don't think they're gonna run him to, run him into the ground in the first game against Charlotte. No, I, I can't imagine they're gonna. I, I think thirty, if I remember right, that was kind of the cutoff for book. You know, when he was coming back, we'll see. We'll see where it ends up. Uh, I love this story when I saw it today, and I, I don't know who wrote it over Bright Side of the Sun, but this is exactly the kind of content that I was honestly looking for today. Um, it, looking at 
how often does an in-season mega deal lead to a championship? Now, the author of this story points out, understand that none of these comparisons are perfect comparisons, all right? Because you're catching these stars at different levels of their stardom, okay? And the teams that they joined were at different levels when they joined them, okay? But just trying to find kind of comps to when a team goes out and does something like the Suns did, how often does it lead to a championship? And they even point out there's not much precedent. Only one other time in NBA history has a player averaging at least 29 points per game been traded midseason. It was Wilt Chamberlain in 1965. Hell, you weren't even born in 1965. I was not born in 1965. <laughs> you, you, that's how long ago that was. Gamble wasn't even around then. I was not around then. Group one. The best case scenario, three times in NBA history where a star player was traded in the middle of the season and they won the championship that year, okay? Okay. Mark Aguirre, 1988-89. You know why I remember that one so... so I, I really remember that one. You know why? Why? Because he got traded for Adrian Dantley. Mm-hmm. So it was like a blockbuster-type trade. It was a blockbuster deal. Yeah. Yeah, it was It was Aguirre for Dantley. I mean, and Dantley was, you know, an all-star. He was, I think he might have been a little bit older, but, um, yeah, that was a that was a blockbuster deal because it was big names. And then, you know, it put Isaiah Thomas and, and Aguirre kind of back together again because they had kind of grown up together and everything. So, yeah, that was a that was a huge one. But That, that yeah, was in the two eight, big names. 88-89 season. Detroit won the next two titles after that. 94-95, Clyde Drexler to Houston. Uh, they won the title that season when they acquired him. Okay, and that was the second. That was the Suns and the, all that stuff. Rasheed Wallace in 03-04 when he went to Detroit. Detroit. They were 34 and 22 before. They went 20 and 6 after his acquisition. They won the title. Now I can hear that was it. the one Detroit team that everybody kind of looks at and says that wasn't a great team. I know, yeah, right. That yeah, like, was like that was not a great team. It wasn't part of some dynasty. It was like yeah, okay, they're a decent team. But now again, I can hear you in your car right now, and you're saying Rasheed Wallace ain't Kevin Durant. You know, Mark Aguirre ain't Kevin Durant, and I, I'll give you that. But but you've got to like within the context of what we consider a superstar trade, you got to work. So with the Rockets. Here. The Rockets won back-to-back, right, I believe? Yes. yes, they did. And the first year, they didn't have Drexler. Correct. Is that right? That is correct. And then the second year, that's when they, because I remember, they traded for Drexler, and then they won the because they won two championships. They won the first one, and then they added Drexler to win the second one. They yes. got him from Portland. Yes. Group number two. Okay. This is the next best thing. These are teams that acquired the superstar, didn't win it the first year, but won it the next year. Call it the Kurt Schilling effect, if you will. Right, I was talking with Joe Gargiola about that. Uh, Joe Gargiola Jr. before the show about how when they acquired Kurt and they didn't win it that first year. Only two. Will Chamberlain in 64-65. They, they I don't remember that at all. <laughs> no, no, it was a long time ago. They lost in the Eastern Conference Finals that year, but they won the next two titles after that. This one we'll all remember very, very well. Pal Gasol. Gets traded to the Lakers. They lost in the finals in the first year. They won the next two championships. I always believe the Pau Gasol trade was effectively the end of seven seconds or less. Right. Killed it. Killed yeah. it dead. And he got traded for his brother, if I remember correctly. Like, there was a blockbuster deal. Um, Kwame Brown was in the deal. I think they threw a bunch of first-round picks, if I remember correctly. They gave up a couple, a few first-round picks. Um, and the I don't know if the brother was playing or was just the rights to the brother. But 
the brother was involved in the deal. So it was, it was Paul Gasol and Marc Gasol in the same trade. I, I remember that just because of the brothers. Now, as far as, now again, I'm basing this off of the research that Brightside has done and their writer, and, and I, I certainly hope they got it right. I think they did. I didn't double check it to be sure. But based off of their research, that's it. Those are the five mid-season superstar trades that that led to eventual championships. Maybe not right away, but eventually led to championships. Then it's group three uh, teams that didn't get a championship, but it wasn't a disaster. And that was like Tim Hardaway to Miami, the Kembe Mutombo to Philly. They made the finals. Ray Allen to Seattle. Baron Davis to Golden State. Carmelo Anthony to the Mitt to the Knicks. Um, were all trades that were made midseason that they weren't awful, but they didn't win a championship. And then they got into the awful ones. Uh, Bob McAdoo to the Knicks in the mid-70s. Dominique Wilkins to the Clippers in the mid-90s. Allen Iverson. Was Matumbo was was with Iverson the year they made the finals and they won like the first game and then lost four? I believe that is the uh, one. I'm yes. trying to remember that. I, I think believe, that's the I believe Matumbo that is with the one. Allen Iverson. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the sky is, like I said, the, the disastrous ones. Bob McAdoo, Dominique Wilkins, Allen Iverson at Denver, Shaquille O'Neal to the Suns. Oh, Allen Iverson to Denver. Yeah. I'd forgotten all about that. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal to, to the Suns. Where did Dominique Wilkins go? He went to the Clippers. I'd forgotten all about that. God. 93-94, Dominique Wilkins went to I, the Clippers. I, I only remember him with the Hawks. I can't remember him on the Clippers at all. Wow, you're like me. I only remember him with the Hawks. I can't remember that. Well, some people probably feel the same way about Shaq to the Suns. And see, this is where this comparison gets a little wonky. Shaq coming to the Suns all those years ago, that is not Kevin Durant coming to the Suns. No. That's not. I mean, it's just, I, I get it. They're both stars, but it's, that's not. No. That is way apples to oranges. Way past his prime when they got him. Still good, but no longer great. Yeah. Good, yeah. but not great. When we come back on the Burns, and we'll talk more about this a little later on the show, because we just got word when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show. Looking forward to this. We're out here live at Salt River Fields. The potential National League Rookie of the Year. Corbin Carroll will be joining us next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We are uh, live here from Salt River Fields, Diamondbacks and the White Sox. Just about done for the day 4-1. Diamondbacks are losing to the White Sox in another brisk game with the pitch clock and everything. We're all starting to get used to that a little bit. But our next guest, and we want to talk to him about much, much more than the pitch clock or the new rules because there's so much more to talk to him about. Joining us right now as we're live here from Salt River Fields, Corbin Carroll on the Burns and Gambo show good to see you thank you for coming on for a few minutes we appreciate it and uh, i'm dave this is gambo welcome to the show man absolutely thanks for having me you know fresh off the field yeah right i just pop right in and here you go right we, we've been fascinated by just the rule changes you know with the the time and everything like that but let me just start because my my favorite thing forget about the clock and everything i'm so glad the shift is out of baseball because i think it killed you left-handed hitters i was brutal on left-handed hitters i mean you just saw the numbers drop dramatically so from your perspective how much better will the game be without the shift? Yeah, in, in my opinion, I think it's a little bit more the, the extreme guy. You know, I, I think most of the lefties on our team, that second baseman is still going to be able to play right up the middle. And, um, you know, they did, they did the... 
obviously these rules in the minor leagues last year, and you didn't really see lefty uh, like batting average on balls in play change. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Not much, Richard. Not much of a difference then, huh? Uh, in terms of the numbers, no. So wow. yeah, because left-handed hitters, it was just like you know, for most of it, for you guys, maybe a little bit different. But you know, it's almost like you got to hit a home run, or it's just going to be tough to get on base. It was, a, it was, it was a lot more advantage to the right-handed hitter than it was the left-handed hitter. I got to imagine for you these new rules, and it's probably like this for a bunch of the younger players here. Big deal, right? I, I mean, at least not as much for you, given that this was how it was in the minors, and you're probably a little more used to it than maybe other veterans are on the team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe maybe that's an advantage of us being a younger team is a lot of us have played with these rules, um, you know, and it, it doesn't feel like too much of an adjustment. Yeah. When you look at the Dalton trade, bringing in some right-handed bats, bringing in Goriel, you brought in. Lewis, a little bit different from outfield. It was tough to lose Dalton. I know you guys are super close, but do you feel like the balance now, having a little more right-handed pop in the lineup is going to help you guys? Yeah, I think I think we're just going to have to go out and play, and the results will take care of themselves, and, and we'll see. But um, obviously, Dalton was a great guy and a great player, um, and it sucked to lose him. But even in these first few uh, you know weeks, meeting Guriel and Moreno, um, I'm really excited about both of them. How about your chances? Let, let's talk about it. I mean, you're, Rookie of the year. You're one of the favorites, if not the favorite to win it. Do you, I mean, is that something you think about? Is that something? Is that a goal for you to achieve? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've tried to block it out a little bit. Um, you know, I, I've got gratitude for being in that position, right? But I, in, in my mind, I never want to feel like the favorite. I, I always like feeling like the underdog. And, um, you know, I always go out there with a chip on my shoulder, like just feeling like I have something to prove. Did getting drafted, what was it, 16th in the first round? Yeah, 16th. Was that Was that kind of a similar deal like you okay you know taking notes or or was that were you expected to go when it was all said and done um i don't know i there there'd been talk you know maybe that i, I could have gone earlier um i i, I, I just couldn't be more happy with with the way things the ended way up right out, yeah. like um you know just coming into this organization um being around these coaches um you know, this front office, the, these teammates of mine, it's been uh, it's been all all that I can ask for. Yeah, what's the, describe the energy around this team right now? With you know, Gambo was talking about the expectations, and with you individually, with the team as a whole, what what what's the energy like surrounding the Arizona Diamondbacks for you guys in that room? I think it's good energy. I think. I think there's a sense of freedom among, among the younger players, right? It doesn't feel like we're going to have to fit into a mold. It feels like we're going to be appreciated for, for taking our game and um, you know applying it at the big league level. And I, I think having that freedom takes a lot of the pressure off, you know, trying to feel perfect. When you feel like you can be aggressive, controlled aggressive, right, yeah. Co- coached uh, in the right way, but but putting pressure on the other team, I, I think we got a taste of that last year, right, when, you know, Maybe Jake would fillet a ball over the shortstop, and then Alec would beat one to the ground and um, beat it out, and then Walker would hit a 500-foot home run, right? Like, <laughs> right, that, yeah. that can't feel good as, a, as the opposing team. You don't know this because you, you weren't here yesterday. We had Christian Walker on, a man to play, and then Lawler came on, and he was talking about his speed and everything, and he says he wants to race him first to third. Thinks that he's got him. Lawler wants to Lawler, race Lawler, Lawler, Lawler thinks he could beat him. Lawler thinks he could take him first to third. Cool. Challenge on. <laughs> I mean, you guys got 
so much team speed that that's the fun conversation that guys are having. Is you look at everybody else, my God, that guy's so fast. McCarthy's so fast. You are so fast. This is you got so many guys, Alex. So many guys with speed, the ability to go from first to third, scoring. You could score from first on a on a on anything in the gap to left, center, right, center. You guys can score on. That's a huge weapon for you guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that combined with um, having Dave McKay as out there with us um, and Tony, I, I just I think it's going to create havoc for the other team. I, I really hope so, at least. Um, and, and that's been our goal. That's what we've been training with with Dave um, since since January, really. Um, a lot of us. It was obvious. Corbin Carroll, our guest here on the Burns and Gamble Show, it was obvious last year. You talked about that controlled aggression that you guys played with last year, and it was really obvious. You guys were really putting your imprint on this organization and, and how you play. Do, do you do you amplify that even more this year? Can you amplify that? Does it look different, or, or do you feel like you can take it to another level? That kind of aggression that you guys that you guys played with out there. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that at some point there is, you know, there's too much. There, there's running with kind of a, a recklessness. Yeah. I think we, we always want to be in control. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, it's all about whatever helps us win. If, if what we're doing out there on the base paths um, in the outfield isn't helping us win, then we need to make adjustments. We've seen teams. The Braves have done it with some of their younger guys. So Seattle do it with Rodriguez, uh, Franco with Tampa Bay. These teams that look at these young players that are a big part of their future future and uh, try to get a win-win where they can lock them up long term would you be interested in that type of extension if the diamondbacks approached you yeah i i I wouldn't feel really comfortable commenting on it um you know even if there was something going on just yeah again wouldn't wouldn't really feel comfortable just want to concentrate more on just trying to get out there and have a great season and let the let the business part take care of itself yeah absolutely i mean you know, the business is the business, but what's really important to me is, is going out there and being a great baseball player. Uh, you know, that's that's my passion, right? And, and that's what I want to do. And so, all my time right now, um, you know, just I feel like it's best spent focusing on baseball and, and becoming the best player I can be, as well as helping teammates um, on their journeys as well. Let's let's talk about this pitch count thing because we had uh, we had man to play on yesterday. He goes, you know, I got to the mound, I was late. They gave me a ball, then the batter was late. He gave a strike. I didn't throw a pitch. It was one. One one in the in the in the count. What is there? Is there any difference to you with the count having to be ready, having to get to the plate, and knowing that that pitcher is also going to come to the plate a lot quicker for each pitch? You can argue it either way, right? Like. I think that overall, in my opinion, though, that the pace of the game is better and more enjoyable for, for everyone. Um, and so m- maybe some guys are going to have to change their routines. I've had to change mine a little bit. Um, but it, it's pretty fun to just step up in there and, and be ready to go, be ready to battle. Corbin, we appreciate the time. Thank you for stopping by. We look forward to being there that day when you and Jordan have the race from first to third. <laughs> who wins? I, 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 I would like to watch that personally, if you could make that. Thank, thank you, you, Corbin. We appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Corbin Carroll, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, live from Salt River Fields. When we come back, his running mates in the outfield who's standing behind him right now, getting him, get him nice and loose. Alec Thomas joining us next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
We are live from Salt River Fields here on the Burns and Gambo Show. The game just wrapped up, and usually when we're out here during spring training games, we start to get the players on the air as the game starts to come to an end and guys are taken out and things like that. And so we've got a plethora of guests coming up. We just had Corbin Carroll a moment ago and joining us right now here on the Burns and Gambo Show. He's running mate in the outfield. Alec Thomas joining us here on Burns and Gambo. I'm Dave. This is Gambo. Welcome to the show. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming back on. Yep, right. glad to be here. This is hard for me to, to not say it to Corbin, but my kid's a center fielder and you're his favorite player. He got to meet you last year on the field. He loved it, but I, I didn't want to. I want to slight Corbin a little. Bit. My kid's a big Alec Thomas fan. I got to describe this for the people who can't see us. Gimbal keeps looking over his shoulder and keeps like sure Corbin Carroll's yeah. there. He doesn't want to piss him off. You're I don't like, want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. So there you go. That's You're Gimbal's kid's fan. Yeah. My kid just loves the way you play awesome. center field. So he watches everything and every catch. And you know, I'll sit there and you'll make a great catch and even if I'm in the other room we'll be like dad dad come on come on here look look at this catch that Alec made look so every time you make a great catch if I if for some reason I'm not in the room he'll call me into the room to show me the catch that you made yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah so so when did when did defense become like a, a huge part of your game was it early on you were just better than everybody else defensively or is it something <laughs> that you really just put a lot of time and effort into working on um I think what really or helped both. me yeah I think what really helped me was just uh shagging in the outfield you know when I was uh you know four or five years years old you know at the White Sox um, just continue to get better and, and it was off of uh, you know big league guys hitting the ball so I get to read the ball off the bat at a really young age and uh, I just continue to grow and um, I came really good at it. <laughs> yeah really good at it I mean to the point where we would come in and we would do the show the day after a Diamondbacks game and it felt like there was a stretch there for about two straight months where every single night you were doing something out there like like did it feel the same way to you like were you just like Okay, that was my brilliant catch of the night. It felt like it happened for two straight months for you. Right, yeah. I think, um, you know, if I'm not getting a hit, no one else is. That's the, the mentality that I take. Um, and if I do get a hit, I'm like, all right, well, this guy's not getting hit. No fly so, zone. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I, I take, you know, a lot of pride in, in playing the outfield. And, um, you know, I, I think it's just natural at this point. Yeah, do you – how do you practice what you do when you're at the fence in particular? I, I mean, what, do you have like a special routine? Because it seems like you're very accomplished at that specific part of it. Do you practice that? And if so, how? Yeah, so um, you know, certain fields, I'll take a look and I'm like, oh yeah, this is the field where I'm, uh, I'll get a chance to rob some stuff. So I'm going to practice it. And there's there's days where I just just hang out by the wall and then practice um, you know, robbing homers or just getting good jumps you know, off the wall. So I'll play a little deep um but you know it just depends on the ballpark that we're playing at yeah let's talk about your mindset last year as this the season was coming to a close and they sent you down to reno what was your mindset you've been with the big club all year and then all of a sudden you, you know you have to go down to reno and play a little bit you're playing some meaningful games and stuff like that you took it as a positive didn't you yeah definitely um you know i'm not gonna you know soak you know and you know i'm not gonna be sad about it i'm gonna you know go down to reno and you know the guys that we had down there were, were awesome so I was uh, I didn't I didn't have you know any um, you know bad attitude towards it and um, 
you know, I, I ended up playing well and was was happy um, with the way I finished. And um, you know, Tori called me um, a few days that I was down there. He called me like two or three times and just to check up on me. So that was really cool of him to do that. But um, yeah, I definitely just had the right right mindset, and um, you know, I, I played pretty well down there. So you, you know, I think you you have the potential to be a really good offensive player. What are some of the things you're looking to do this year? We've talked about you know off to off air. We're just talking about just, you put put the ball in play. You guys with your speed, the ability to even just beat out slow rollers and anything in you know a ground ball and a hole to shortstop, you can get a base hit on. What are some of the things offensively you'd like to do this year? Um, for me, it's just you zone up, like swing at strikes and not swing at the you know the uh, nibble pitches that they throw. I think I, towards the end of the season, I started to give in to those and started being a little bit overly aggressive. So once I you know become a little bit more selective, I think that's when uh, good things happen. I get good swings on the ball and I start hitting the ball hard. I think at your approach, it seemed like you wanted to be very aggressive early in accounts with pitchers. Knowing that first pitch, they're going to try to get over for a strike. Is that something you want to continue to do? Or um, It just depends. I think um, I'm not going to lose you know, that aggressiveness, but I just need to um, be more selective and know when the right time to do that is. And um, I think towards the end of the season, I just wanted to get out of that rut so bad that I would just swing at anything. And uh, didn't get you know, good wood on the bat at all or on the ball and uh, you know good good things did not happen so once I went down to, to Reno I you know took a step back took a deep breath and um, good things happened so during spring training right now um, I feel like uh, I'm being more you know confident and more comfortable and uh, zoning up a little bit um, obviously it's not going to show up every at bat but um, definitely some positives you know these past three or four games I've played in and uh, I'm just going to continue on that Alex Thomas, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show after today's spring game wrapped up between the Chicago White Sox and the Diamondbacks. We're live from Salt River Fields. De- describe this offseason to me because everybody believed something was coming in terms of a trade and nobody was quite sure whether it was going to be you, whether it was going to be Dalton, and it ended up being Dalton, obviously. He goes to Toronto. What was what, w- what was your emotional state kind of going into the offseason trying to figure out how it was all going to work out? Were you not worried about it at all? Um, I think we all knew that it was going to be one of us. Probably not Corbin, but um, you know, me, Jake, and, and Dalton were definitely looking at each other and talking to each other, like, "Dang, like it might be one of us." So you, were you guys like texting each other, like, uh, kind of with this idea, it's probably going to be one of us? Rarely, but we tried to, you know, be cool about it. But obviously, I, I'm pretty sure we we talked about it maybe once or twice. But um, you know, we enjoyed the off season, but at the same time, like you have that in your in the back of your mind, yeah. like. <laughs> Um, I just bought a house out here, so oh. I was really hoping that I'd stay. <laughs> and um, I was actually um, on vacation when, uh, or heading back home from vacation, like on the plane to go back home. And um, I got the news that Dolan got traded, and um, it was crazy. I was like, dang, thank goodness it wasn't me. But, um, you know, it was a win-win situation for for whoever, you know, was getting traded. Sure. Um, you know, that team, uh, or that team wanted Vargas. Show and we got two good players for him, and I talked to Varsho a lot, and um, he's loving it over there. So nothing but the best for him. So I got to imagine it was always going to be. I mean, the whole deal was going to be predicated on the idea that surplus of outfielders, 
one of you was going to go to a team that didn't have a surplus of outfielders, which means you're going to play a lot wherever it is right. that you're going. So, I mean, there, there was, to like, to you say, kind of a win-win. Was there any part of you that was like, oh, man, I hate to see Dalton go? Or were you just really happy that it wasn't you when it was all said and done? Um, for me, um, you know, you hate to see Varsho go. You know, he's yeah. a good leader, and, you know, he's my friend. And um, But I think... Like I said, it was a, a win-win. Like I'm not like it was a little bit of a weight, you know, shifted or like lifted off my shoulders. But I know I still gotta go out and earn some, yeah. you know, some playing time out there. So um, definitely, I'm gonna act like Varsho is still here and try to try to you know earn that spot out there in center field. So um, yeah, that's how I'm gonna go about did, it. Did the trade for Lewis when they when they brought him over? I mean, he's a rookie of the year guy. Like, did that kind of signify that? Oh my God, wait. wait we got too many outfielders. One's got to go. Because that happened before the Varsho trade, right? Yeah, right? we got Kyle before that Right, happened, you right? got Kyle before yeah, I was you like, traded Varsho. Oh, definitely one of us is gone now. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't look too much into it. Um, I knew one of us was gone, but I was really hoping that I would, that I would stay. And um, I bought a house out here because this is where I want to be. So I'm really happy that you know they had that confidence in me and, and faith in me to, for me to stay. So... Lola, Jordan was on with us yesterday, and then Corbin kind of said bring it because Lola said that he could beat him in a race. Mm-hmm. But you kind of think it's uh, that you, that's an easy one to decide who would be quicker between the two of them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I haven't seen Lawler run as much. I've seen him a little bit. You know, he's he, he's quick too, but nah, no one's being Corbin, man. He's too much of a robot in order to you know he's not going to let anybody win. So you know he he'll put it all on the line just just to beat someone you know in a race or. Or anything that has to do with running or, or hitting. We see the speed, and we, we talk about the speed going first to third, being able to score from first on a ball in the gap, right center. But the other, but the, what people don't talk about is the jump that he gets on these things. Like he reads the ball so well, you know, yeah. even on stolen bases and stuff. Like he just gets a great jump. So right, I think I always say uh, Corbin has crackhead speed. He's <laughs> he's got the type of speed that doesn't come around very often, and you got to be on something in order to be that fast. So that's what it looks like to me. And uh, in the outfield, you know, he's just a, he's not a spat. It's like a, just a, like a, a ball of energy just going out and getting stuff or going out and stealing bases or, you know, beating out something. So it's, it's funny. He's got like, um, like a deer, like some, like the hoof of a deer or something just <laughs> propelling him to go to second or, or, or get something in the outfield. So it's pretty funny to, to watch Man, him there's run. so much energy when he runs too. He's just going by, by a mile a minute. Yeah. And um, his face, by the way, is just awful. I mean, if you, ever, if you ever breath? see his face when he's running, is brutal. I told him, you need to change your face, man. You look like you're about to poop your pants or do <laughs> so, something like so that. So we've, we've heard of, like, you know, resting you-know-what face. You're yeah, saying, like, right. running Corbin Carroll face? I've never yeah. noticed this he's, before. He's running like Corbin been on Carroll the toilet for about 10, 15 minutes, and, uh, and he really needs to get this last one out, and he just can't. And that's what it looks like. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what it looks got like. The, uh, That's great. The next time I see Corbin Carroll going from first to third, I'm going to be looking at the face. I'm going to see what the face looks like. We need to end the interview right there because nothing else we're going to ask you is going to top that. I mean, nothing is going to be better than that. No question we could possibly ask you would, would ever improve that answer. Well, so uh, you, you're going to try? Just go ahead. We'll, we'll, one more. We'll send, the, we'll send the fans. I know you've got a, a Twitter and Instagram page. Okay, they want to follow you. You, you. you post a lot of stuff out there? Um, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll like some stuff, but okay. I'll definitely. I'm definitely on Twitter. I'm right. definitely on a Thomas twenty two. Yes, a yeah. Thomas twenty two on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll send sure. everybody over to follow you. Sweet. We enjoyed this very much. Yeah. Yeah. Come on anytime. Yeah, anytime, yeah, Alex. Sure. Anytime. I'm, I'm available. All right. Yeah, whatever you guys need. <laughs> you got it. Right, for sure. Yeah. Alex Thomas joining yeah, us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. When we come back, our parade of Diamondback guests continue. Paven Smith will join us next here on the Burns and Gambo Show.